to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today. And I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Ah, yes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast that's been created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you might be tuning in from, however you've stumbled across us, welcome. My name's Paul Joy and we're delighted to present to you another conversation with a Yarra Old Grammarian, a Yog. And today, sit down with Xander Lake from the class of 2013. Xander is a creative thinker, a deep thinker, a very clever young man who works hard, has studied hard and is just on the cusp of being able to bring that wealth of knowledge, expertise, experience and care for others into his daily practice, which is a wonderful thing. I'm going to begin our conversation today by asking Xander about how he began his time at Yarra. Enjoy this conversation on the Inspired by Yarra podcast with Xander Lake from the class of 2013. Xander, how did your journey at Yarra Valley Grammar begin? My journey with Yarra began with my mum when she got back into teaching after taking a long break to raise me and my two sisters. Um, she got back into teaching and when it came to a decision for high school, um, we were looking at schools in the area and we came to Yarra. So I came to Yarra Valley in year seven. Year seven. Now year seven's a, a, a big intake mm -hmm. and there's an influx of students coming from all over the place. What do you remember of those early days? Was it overwhelming? Was it exciting? Was it daunting? What what would be a couple of words that would describe it? I think exciting and daunting are pretty good descriptions. On the one hand, there was a lot of new people to meet. On the other, no one from our primary school was coming with me. They were all going to their local schools. So on the one hand, daunting, starting over again, but on the other hand, exciting to meet new people. Yes. And how did that go? Were there things that you recall the school did to help combine, mix up, help you make friends? I, I don't know, were there particular activities or camps or something er early on? I remember, I can't remember exactly when, but towards the end of year six, they had um, kind of like an induction day where you bring in the new intake for next year and you get to meet people. I remember that's where I first met Charlotte mm -hmm. McDonald, who I'm still friends with today. Great. Um, I also remember that's where I met Skylar, who was, you know, Good with actually good with my whole year level yeah. throughout the years, which is a really unique feature of us. Absolutely, fantastic, and it is really significant, as you recall. Some of those early connections do stand the test of time, and mm. I love to hear that uh, students or yogs still have connection with those friends that they made really early on in their time yeah. at Yarra. That's really good. Uh, what would you describe as your kind of home base in terms of location around the school as it was then? whether it's perhaps in your middle school years, did you like to hang out at the CAF? Did you like to hang out on the Oval? Where was, if at lunchtime we were looking for Xander, where would we go? It would really depend on the year level. I remember year sevens, I hang out, hung out with Ambrose and Iran behind the year seven building, doing our thing, just chilling. 
and then all the other kids had the downball courts we'd occasionally go to. Um, then year nine, I remember myself, Ambrose, Charlotte, Monique, we'd hang out at a little ramp next to the old IT building. I don't know if it's still there anymore. Uh-huh. Yes, and yes, no, I know three, where you are. Yes. Out to year 12, it'd be a mixture of kicking the footy on the oval to the legendary 24 to 30 person downball game. Yeah, big games of downball, yes, that's right. And I'm not sure whether other schools do it that way, but we do pride ourselves on having large downball courts with multiplayers. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find, as I do find, that the rules change a little as you go through the years? I think the rules change for whoever's an, <laughs> at, at King. <laughs> right, and, and was Downball one of your strengths? Did you get to be King very often and uh, set your own rules? I think I was King a grand total of once. <laughs> but I got up to the High Court. A proud the day. Queen and Jack a few times. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations for those. Uh, we've got to celebrate those mm-hmm. highlights for sure. Xander, we've we mentioned, or you've talked a little bit about where geographically you might hang out. Mm-hmm. From an academic perspective, where where did you enjoy being in terms of what classes? Was it that you loved being in drama? Was it in art? Was it in uh, humanities classroom? Did you love being in science? What, from mm-hmm. an academic perspective, were your sweet spots? I think it changed and developed over the years. Initially, I... Um I remember I hated maths early on. <laughs> that was my least favourite subject. And English was, uh, and humanities were early favourites. And then over the years, I made my peace with maths. Thanks, Miss Lee. Um, yes. And towards the end, psychology and legal studies were my favourites. Mm. And I'm a psychologist now today. Okay, so we will get to there in a moment. Yeah, Tell definitely. me then, and, and we'll bounce around a little bit, and that, that's okay. Um, when you were heading towards uh, senior school here at mm-hmm. Yarra, uh, you got to choose particular subjects. Do you remember your sort of your final suite of subjects, and and what were they? And were they kind of the ones you really needed? And like, were you, did were you happy with your choice? Yeah, it was um, a really good choice. I remember the only time I was ever disappointed with a subject was with uh, it was year eleven year 10 to 11 transition, me and Stuart really wanted to do VC geology, Ooh. but no one else wanted to, so no. they didn't go through with the subject. So not the only enough time people I was disappointed. Okay, right. Other than that, the offerings were really great. I had legal studies in psychology, year 11 and 12, not just great subjects, but great teachers as well. Yes, yes. Um, shout out to Mr. Hay, I think he's still here, Miss Prosnack. Yep, yeah, very good, very good. And... The, so you chose subjects, albeit other than geology, but you chose subjects you were happy with. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way to performing well at them because you, mm-hmm. you have an interest in them and you've got some passion and it does require energy and passion. Without mentioning numbers necessarily, did you get the score that you needed and then what did that lead to? To this day, I am so salty. I missed out by one point on a score of 40 for psychology. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> Other than that, my VC went really well. Okay, yes, yes. And where did that get you? Or did you take a year off? What did you do when you finished at Yarra? So after year 12, I went straight to uni. Um, psychology is a very long pathway, so I wanted to get started as soon as I could. Yes. And so from Yarra, I went over to Swinburne. Okay, yes. 
And, and what was the course that you started? I started in psychology and sports science at Swinburne and then got to do a couple of creative writing subjects because that was a hobby in Yarra that yes. kind of carried through. Okay. And it's interesting, I think, to, to just explore and unpack the transition mm -hmm. from, I mean, you, you spoke briefly about the transition from primary school to mm -hmm. high school as year seven. Now we're going from high school at the end of year 12 into university life. Mm -hmm. Was it what you expected? Was it uh, another one of those daunting and exciting moments? Were the subjects what you expected them to be? Tell me a little bit about that move from high school into university life. I think one of the biggest changes from high school to university is freedom. There is so much freedom you have. You can wear what you want. You can show up when you want. I remember first year uni, I was looking around. I was studying really hard. I was looking around. What, what, are, what are the other notes people are taking? They're on Facebook. Ah, okay. So <laughs> first year uni life. With, <laughs> with that freedom comes a sense of, I guess, choice. And you made the choice, I, by the sounds mm -hmm. of it, to apply yourself and to... Yeah try and be focused and, and make the most of the opportunity that you had you had awarded yourself by working hard at school. Mm -hmm. You got to where you wanted to be, so you weren't going to waste that. So mm -hmm. well done. Um, how many years, what was the forecast for you in terms of psychology, this course that you were studying? So for general registration, psychology can be at minimum six years. Right. Minimum six years. Right. If you want to do clinical registrar or one of the other registrar programs, it can be another couple. Uh -huh. Okay, so that is, a, that is a, a long commitment. Yeah. So you're in for the long haul. Um, let's get back to psychology in just a moment. I just, you also mentioned some creative writing. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned that, it triggers a memory for me too of knowing while you're a student here of you exploring an interest in, in creative writing. What was it about writing that you enjoyed what attracted you to it was it the freedom was it the chance to escape was it a, a way to capture your creative thoughts what did you love about writing so growing up as a little kid i was always a huge nerd huge star wars fan that always carried through so i loved that sort of sci-fi fantasy and it was great to be able to create my own yes yes um, over the years it was something that didn't quite carry through to the way like I remember I would wake up I was about to go to bed and I'd wake up like nope I got an idea for a story I gotta write down gotta write down some character development uh -huh. I reckon probably if I ever have kids one day I'll have lots of material to <laughs> yes. keep them entertained with yeah you should be able to tell lots of great <laughs> bedtime stories yeah um, I'll write my own bedtime stories absolutely so so are you one who would have a notepad beside you in bed is that sort of what you mean or did you get up my and desk Pardon? I try and keep it in my desk. So you get up and you get to your desk, you'd have to, and would you do that for like three or four minutes and then have peace and go back to bed? Or you, now you're up, you're there for another hour tapping it all out? More like the hour. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it could be like that. Yeah, right. And and tell me, has anything happened with any of that material? Is it, ha have you pursued it further? Have you had somebody else read it and give you feedback? Is there something in it, do you think? Maybe in the future. Yeah. Um, it's something that can sit there and doesn't necessarily have to go away. Yeah. I, my focus over the last few years has been psychology. It's been a really time-consuming focus. But as yes. I transition out of that uni into uh -huh. the, I guess, full life, yes. 
um, I, I can find time for things like that. Yes, know? yes. Maybe one day I will again. Sure, sure. And, and, <clears throat> and let me encourage you. I, I hope you do. I think mm. you're quite right. Some, some forms of writing can sit in the top drawer, metaphorically, for <laughs> as long as it takes. And then there comes a time where you've got the energy or the time to, to go back to it and, and mm. revert, re-establish, reconnect, re-energise that love and pursue it further and, and then perhaps take it further so yeah. I, let me encourage you in that i think i think that's a great pursuit and you also acknowledge that study can be all-encompassing mm. and especially when you are driven and you want to do the best you can really there is no end to how much you could keep doing a bit more mm. a bit more a bit more and you've worked your way through that and now, fully qualified, fully fledged, practicing psychologist. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations. Great. Thank you. That is awesome. What does, what does that lifestyle look like? How long have you been in this new life? And, and what does day-to-day -day look like? So I got my general registration a month ago. Okay. But I've been practicing with clients for the last, really, year and a half. Yes. Um, part of the program that I've been on is called the five plus one pathway. So you go through your undergrad, you do your undergrad, usually three, I did mine in four, and then you do your honors, and then you go to your master's program. Now, one of the challenges in psychology is that the clinical master's programs are really difficult to get into. Right. Basically, you need an 80 or you're not even considered. Mm -hmm. So I went to a Master's of Professional Psychology at Kenmel, which is part of the 5 plus 1 pathway, and that was a real blessing because they've got so many great connections. So I was able to go from there into uh, re really great placements, and when one of them got more or less killed off by COVID, mm. my placement coordinator was able to help me get a new mm. placement. I see. So I've been training, practicing with like real-life people for about a year and a bit, is that called a, a, being a provisional psychologist? Yes, is that that's that right. Right, okay. That's a provisional psychologist, someone who is practicing with people, yeah. but you've still got some requirements. It's kind of like if you're on your pee plates. Yes. You know, you can't drink, you can't use your hands-free devices at all. Yes. So there are some requirements on you. So for psychologists, when you're provisional, you have to get certain amounts of supervision, you have to get certain amounts of professional development. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's all. Yeah. that. Five plus one, is that five years plus one or five courses plus one? What does five plus one mean? So five plus one means it's five years of dedicated study at university and then a one year of dedicated internship. I see, yes, yes. Okay, and so now you're practicing. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you, I, I don't know what it's called. Do you run your own practice? Do you? Not yet. Work so. Do you work for a, a I don't know a, a counselling office department centre? Mm. How, how does that work? So one of the placements that I worked with um, gave me an offer to stay on with them Great. afterwards, and yes. that's at the private practice. Okay. So that runs out of a medical GP clinic. Yep. That they hire a room out of, and yes. then they connect connect with the GPs there. Yeah. So they know. I, there's some psychologists upstairs we can refer to. Yeah. And then I've actually also started a new job in the NDIS, which has only been going on for a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, so that involves a lot of home visits, so mm. a lot of driving. Mm -hmm. So a lot of time for podcasts. 
Yes. Also a lot of time for Spotify. Yes. Um, the only downside is the fuel prices. <laughs> yeah, yes, and right now, at, at this moment, in lots of places, they are skyrocketing. Very high. We are uh, chatting in the midst of school holidays, and uh, school holidays tends to be a time when uh, fuel of prices definitely go up. Yes. They, that's they, why they're so high. That's right. That's part of it for sure. Um, you mentioned that even in your experience, and perhaps it was one of the placement uh, places, COVID had a big impact. Mm-hmm. There are people, in my uh, understanding and in my um, experience with and connection with, and we hear about it increasingly, Mm -hmm. both across our state and our nation and indeed the world, that COVID has had a really significant impact on our uh, psychological wellbeing. Mm. And in your line of work, you would be at the forefront of that. Yes. Are there any, I don't know whether we would call it trends that you've become aware of or any tools that you might offer our listeners as to what we can do when things all of a sudden change like Mm. they have with the onset of COVID? Yeah, it's really interesting actually seeing um, so many different people, particularly in a private practice, you come across so many different people. Some people are you know, the ones who are really introverted or maybe they're anxious in social situations, ask them how did lockdown go? And they're like, I actually liked it. It was okay. It was um, a little bit much to be stuck at home the whole time, but no, it was fine. And then other people are like, yep, this is where it all fell apart. So I can, and one thing I've actually noticed is how it's affected younger children, particularly the primary school age, transitioning to year seven. Mm. That's such a critical time for developing social skills and social interactions and to have that disrupted for an entire year and even now we've still got disruptions so that's i think in the generations to come it's going to have a really big impact i i totally agree with you and and Mm. part of the challenge for us is we don't yet really know we can't fully grasp the impact that it's going to have yeah and and you know I, i think personally i think for those at the senior levels of high school in the midst of COVID, both the year 12s in 2020, but also the year 11s in 2020, mm. now in 2021, year 12s, and, and as you say, the year 6s moving to year 7, some of those significant transitions, I would even say our year 9s moving into year 10, mm. and there are critical moments in, in the education journey that have been so vastly different for a whole mm-hmm. cohort across the state, across the nation, across the world, that the implications of that are not yet known. Yeah. It'll be fascinating to see what that, not that that becomes an excuse, but it'll be a a really interesting, um, I guess, study to keep an eye on how that generation responds and reacts. Maybe maybe it'll be a strength in the Mm. future. Uh, Often those things are, are, those big tests do make us stronger and more Mm -hmm. resilient and, so, yes, I guess the, the what, what do we say? The jury's still out. We're not sure yet. Um, I guess most of us would say, though, from a health perspective and probably from a, a financial perspective across the world, we'd, we'd sooner get rid of it than, uh, than yeah. try and keep learning lessons. Yeah, it's, it is a really tough time for the vast majority of people. You mm-hmm. know, financially, there's a lot of businesses that can't run. That can be a really huge stress. You know, I remember I've spoken, I've heard many stories of people who are like, I left my job, 
because I was not happy there yeah. and now I can't find another one because yeah. all the jobs are gone. Yeah. And um, people who moved and some families in really difficult situations, they become even more difficult because they're all stuck together now. That's right, yes. I imagine in your role, even as a provisional psychologist, you, you have, um, I, I guess, the, the privilege and the responsibility when you you get insight into people's mm-hmm. lives that not everybody does they yeah. you earn their trust and they would share with you some pretty maybe at times harrowing things definitely what impact does that have on you do you have tools to deal with that not i don't i guess not to take it on board and not to carry the mm-hmm. burden of that but ha- how do you help somebody who who might be at the at the at the pit of their experience of their existence, and and you're the person that they're talking to. Mm. That's a huge <clears throat> responsibility, but also a privilege. Yeah, um, one of the big things that sorry, <clears throat> one of the big things that I really appreciated or really found is that you know sometimes occasionally I have had people with really heavy stuff going on, like panic attacks, ruining their work, ruining mm. their life. And then weeks and sometimes months later, they're better. Mm. And that is, I still can't find the right word for it. Like it's such a feeling to know that you've made such a huge impact on someone's life. And and dare I say, you may have saved their life. Definitely. There was one one case I had, I won't go into too many details (laughs) because I don't want to freak people out, but there was one case I had where after debrief, supervisor said, there's a very good chance you just saved that guy's life. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. In terms of how you, how you don't carry that stuff in, because that can be actually a really important part of your self-care, because I'm, I'm learning from, like, you know, your networks with psychologists on the internet. There are lots of different Facebook groups. Um, burnout, anxiety, worry is really big problems for psychology um, and for psychologists. Mm. And that's really understandable because we do deal with some really heavy stuff. And for me, my faith is a huge, a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, like for me, prayer is really important. So I pray, ask God to give me the strength at the start of every day, mm-hmm. and then thank Him for the strength at the end of every day. And if there's difficult stuff that's going on, you know, I ask Him for His help with that. And yeah, I really believe He provides that strength to go on every day. Mm-hmm. And you know, He is there working in the rooms. You know, even though you're not talking about that kind of stuff in the rooms, you're focusing on psychology and the mind, I still believe the spirit is working in that space. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that warms me to hear yeah. that you have, you are living your faith mm-hmm. in, in a way that it is a daily presence and comfort and assurance and provision for you to do the best you can Mm. to bring your knowledge and skills and expertise and everything that you've worked for and developed and understood and your faith helps you to trust that you are in the right place at the Mm. right time you'll bring the right words the right wisdom into that situation that you've been placed in and dare i say placed in for a purpose for a reason definitely and God has been such a huge part helping me through that 
during the COVID times. Yes. I really call it like a baptism by fire because I was just only had worked previously in high school, talking to a couple of high school kids, and it was still a great experience. Yeah. But then suddenly we go and talking to adults, and then two weeks later into lockdown. Yeah. And then we start to come out of it, and then more lockdowns. Yeah. So that was a really difficult time, and I really believe he provided the strength for that, but also provided the right opportunities. Yeah. Um, when I needed a change in my placements because of the hours, um, it was provided in two weeks flat. Yeah. That was huge. And, and that is an interesting uh, reality that while the COVID experience and lockdown has been difficult for lots of people and... and I guess the broader community, it has also been a challenge for the people who are there to help people go through the difficulties. Mm. So our psychologists, our, our medical teams, our, our nursing, our doctors, our, all of those helping professions, they're also dealing with it on a personal level as well, yeah. while they're still in the trenches trying mm. to help. And it's sort of, you've got to manage yourself so that you can help other people manage them. And that's, that's a real credit to you and mm. your colleagues for being able to do that and uh, I guess help hold many, many people and families together during what has been a really, really challenging time. I wonder if you found yourself in, in a, I don't know, a, a unique and interesting and unusual circumstance because you, you, you're not meeting people face to face during lockdown, but you're what on the phone or you're on Zoom, are you? Yeah, working out of an office are you mm. working out of a i don't know out of your car are you how are you mm. like well it's interesting to see how it's changed over the last year and a bit so at the start when we all went into lockdown there was this little thing called zoom that no one had ever heard about before <laughs> and all of and, a sudden <clears throat> everybody's onto it and for psychology one of the big most important things is the confidentiality mm. so the governing bodies like the APRA, the APS they had to really make sure that the ways that we communicate over that telehealth is really secured. And I think for Zoom, there was some early issues with their security certificates that people weren't happy with. So initially we were advised against it. So we just had to talk to people on the telephones. Mm -hmm. So that was about the first four or so months of 2020. And then eventually um, Zoom got their act together, Teams got their act together with all the security certificates. We started using that. Mm. But it's really interesting because now that we're well over a year on, you know, a lot of people, um, yeah, in the private practice, we're trying to encourage people for the telehealth, uh, but people just come in face-to-face. -face. Mm. I think there's a, a fair bit of Zoom burnout going on. Yes. A lot of people, no, I want to talk to someone face-to-face. -face. Yes. And one yes. of the big things for psychology is sometimes people aren't in a space at home where they can talk about that stuff. Mm. Sometimes there are safety issues. Sometimes mm. there are privacy issues. But, yeah, it's really interesting to see, even if those things aren't present, there's a huge preference coming back for face-to-face. -face. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess <clears throat> the, the part of that might be when you're dealing with stuff, per, such personal <laughs> information and you, you really want to know that somebody actually is there feeling it with you and hearing it from you. And I, I agree. I think there is something different in <laughs> a personal interaction than there is even via Zoom where you can see them, but... It's still a distance, yeah, you know? and there's nothing quite like being in the room with somebody. And it's also really awkward. I brought a laptop with, um, it was a good laptop, good reviews. The only thing people said about it was it's really weird that the webcam's at the bottom. 
and I brought that at the start of the 2020 with the famous last words, that's okay, I never use webcams. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're using it all day, every day. <laughs> uh, a month later, all we can do is talk to people over webcams. Oops. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I, I guess, is it... Uh, looking up your nose or something, is it, by being placed down low? Well, it's, it's all good. Not quite that bad, but when I look at people on the screen, I'm looking at them, but, like, my eyes are all the way up to the top of the yeah, roof. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, I understand. Yeah, it is a little bit uh, interesting, isn't it, that you to almost have to train yourself not to look at the screen, which is where the other person is, but mm. to look at the camera, because by looking at the camera, you're looking at them. And, yeah, which yes. in itself creates distance, because I'm not actually looking at my client, I'm looking at this tiny little camera on, on That's my laptop. That's right, yes, yes. Interesting. You you did acknowledge in the midst of that, and I really appreciate your uh, generosity of sharing your experience. Mm. You talked about the reality of stress and mm. you as a health professional in the caring profession need to look after yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and for many people, exercise is one of those things. Yeah. And that leads me back to school mm -hmm. and school sport mm -hmm. and Saturdays. Were you a you. fan <laughs> of Saturday sport? Was that something you looked forward to or is it something that you begrudgingly participated in? The begrudging part was only when we had to get up at 6.30am to drive to Aquinas or Geelong or something crazy <laughs> like that. Yes, um, but once you got there, you're there with your mates. Yeah, but otherwise, you know, Marcel and Trinity, they had really nice playing grounds. Um, we've got really great playing grounds and there's really great culture there. And what, what sport are you playing? Cricket was always my favourite. I continued with that for a little bit, um, but it was hard during uni because there's not the same sort of clubs. Mm. Um, but I still catch up with a couple of high school mates in the sun, um, regularly. And then in the summer, we rolled the arm over in the nets. We still got all our gear. Uh. Um, so it's really great. And one thing that I've kept up one way that I've kept up my activity is in the gym. I got a mate who's got a, sh a shed of a whole bunch of stuff. Right. And so we working up to like big bench press weights. So before COVID, I got up to like a 60K bench press. Uh -huh. And then during this year, start of this year, I worked my way up to 80 just before the next round of lockdown. So I lost all my strength because we weren't able to go to the gym for another month yes, as yes. it worked out. Sure. So sure. now I've actually got my own equipment at home. I'm building up my own little equipment to I guess lockdown proof myself yeah yeah well good on you good on you I wonder if there's other uh, pursuits or habits or rituals that help you be the best version of you you've talked about faith being mm -hmm. critical and you've acknowledged exercise anything else that helps you be the best version of you how do you show up as your best self I think there's two things to that first is Often I find myself actually practicing some of the exercises and techniques that I teach to my clients. Mm. So when it's been a really heavy day, um, there's a mindfulness technique I've come to use, which where you, as I saying, you know, listeners could um, use at home. Is mm. There's a guy called Dr. Russell Harris. He's great. He works with ACT and a lot of mindfulness stuff. And mm -hmm. um, there are different activities and techniques around that. And that's actually great, become really great this year because with that, it works with situations that maybe them, the situation itself doesn't change. Mm. So sometimes we want to change our situation and that can improve. Other times we're in a situation where we can't change and that's COVID. We can't change that. We can't change, you know, we can all go and get vaccinated. 
hopefully eventually when they open it up. But, you know, we still can't control how quickly that happens. We still can't control, you know, even for the government, sometimes those factors are out of their control. You've got to ship it overseas, you've got to make sure it's safe. Mm. And so there are a lot of factors out of our control. And what can be helpful there is to focus on what you can control. Even if it's something simple, I can control what my kitchen looks like. I may be stuck in this house, and hopefully it doesn't happen again, but, you know, for another six months, but I can control what my kitchen looks like. I can sweep the floors, I can do the laundry, I can do the garden, focusing on what you can control. And with the things that can't control, it can be important to learn to be okay with that. It's like riding out the waves. So an analogy I use with my clients is like, a lot of these emotions and stressful times can be like big waves at a beach. You know, waves come, but then they also go. You know, COVID will come, but it will also go. The Spanish flu was huge at the um, just after World War One, but it came, it stuck around for a fair few years, but it eventually went. Mm. And you know, perhaps someday, even fifty years from now, COVID will be like, oh, you know, COVID. Mm. Right now, it's a big deal, mm. but like the other big deals that have come, they will also go. Mm. That's really helpful to, mm. I guess, keep it in perspective mm. and. Your, your tip is, your strategy is focus on the things you can control. Yeah. And there's a, a little exercise I like to use with many of my clients. Um, it works for some people. Some people like it. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. And that's a matter of personal preference. What we do is you imagine like there's this river flowing before you. And on this river, there are these logs. And these logs are things you really don't like. So maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's the job loss from COVID that you couldn't control. They're things that are something that you really don't like. What we can often do is jump, metaphorically jump into the river to get rid of those things, like jump in line at the job centers to try and find the jobs, jump in line and worry a lot. That's something we can often do. And that's somewhere that our mind can often take us with anxiety. It often pulls our mind into the future, but the future is actually unknown. We don't know. And if we don't know, it means we don't know. And that's actually something really powerful to learn and to learn to hold in balance. Something good might happen, something bad might happen. I don't know. Mm. And so where the river exercise comes in is it's based on a principle called grounding yourself. And it's about pulling the mind into the present moment. You're not trying to get rid of those things necessarily, but you're just trying to pull your mind into the present moment. And so you just sit down somewhere relaxing, and this is a very simplified version of it, but you sit down somewhere relaxing, look at a river and imagine those things that are causing you discomfort, distress, floating by on the river as those logs. We can eat, what I've come to learn to even do is you hold out your fists, you clench them up as if you're holding one of those logs in your fist. And then you imagine resting it on like your knee as if the fist is coming to the water and letting it go. You're not trying to push it away, you're not trying to break it up into lots of little bits. You're letting it rest on the river, letting it go, and just watching it float away at whatever pace it does. And this is a principle of learning to not get so wrapped up in our thoughts and emotions, which Dr. Russ Harris calls the struggle switch. There's a fancy word called cognitive fusion where we get fused up with our emotions and thoughts, and that's where people can end up spiraling. Mm. And this is an exercise to help against that. So learn to be present in the current moment. Mm. Thank you, Xander. I wonder mm-hmm. if you're listening to a podcast right now, to this podcast, and if you just want to rewind about 30 seconds, maybe 45 seconds, and go back and 
as Xander walks us through that exercise of clenching your fist and then resting it on your knee and then release, just listen and actually take on those words and you might find that it's really helpful. Thank you for mm. ministering to us. Xander, there's no doubt that you are on the front line of mm -hmm. uh, challenge and difficulty. And, and I imagine in the midst of it, you hear people's great stories as well. You, mm -hmm. you get some of the fun bits and the great bits and the excitement, yeah. but you do get into the reality of life. And mm. I want to transition now to some of the harsh realities of this podcast and, mm -hmm. and that is the lightning round where i'm going to throw a couple of <laughs> quick fire questions at you and Bring uh, on. some of them will be top of mind and 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 it might be a one word answer others might be a, a short sentence or two to explain are you uh ready to strap yourself in for the quick fire round let's do it okay xander lake from the class of 2013 what house were you in at yarra hughes were hughes any good back in your day Next question. <laughs> We're all right. That's almost the most honest response that we've had about because most people say, oh, yes, we were great, we were great. but uh, We no, were a solid bronze. <laughs> what would you say was your uh, greatest contribution to your house? Was it uh, as a cheer member? Was it uh, in athletics? Was it swimming? What, what? Staying out of the swimming pool was my greatest <laughs> contribution. Well, thank you for that. That's great. Was there, in your time at Yarra, was there a, a, a musical or a drama, a performance that you were either in, that you were really proud of, or, or maybe one that you were a spectator for that really sticks in your mind? Greece was so much fun to be a part of. That was amazing fun, and it even got me into the choir where I made a couple of friends as well. Fantastic. So you're, in the, in, you're on stage in Greece? On stage in Greece, yeah. It was Fantastic. one of the extras. Excellent. Excellent. When you were coming to school, travelling regularly, what was travel like? How did you get to school? Um, my mate Ambrose, uh, when we moved over to Wonga Park initially, um, I'd walk home with him a lot. Mm. Um, sometimes if mum worked late and we had lots of study, we'd drive home. But, yeah, so it was a combination of driving home. Once or twice I rode the bike, but, yeah, I walked home with Ambrose. And yeah. Luke as well sometimes joined us as well. Yeah. Because we or within walking distance. So the walk and talk was a good yeah, way to walk and talk. unpack the day. Yeah, it was great. Very good. Not in a blazer, but <laughs> we took those off. Don't tell Dr. Mary. No, 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 let's not talk about that. Um, one of the things that our school prides itself on is, is leadership mm -hmm. and student leadership. I wonder if you recall who the school captains were in your day. Uh, I know my school captains when I was in year 12 were um, Lillian and Nathaniel. Correct. Very good. And who were the chapel wardens back then? Um, it was Charlotte and this one other guy. Oh, <laughs> who was he? I had tried, it was me. Hey. Very, very outstanding work. And we must pause to acknowledge that uh, Xander has returned and he's here on site and we are not far from our beautiful new chapel. And, uh, and one of the comments that Xander has made, and I agree with him, is that... Uh, Oh, imagine if we had something like this back in my day. Mm. Uh, we are very, very privileged and uh, proud of our space that we get to work mm. in here these days. Xander, tell us a little bit about your lunchbox. What would be a regular feature in your lunchbox as a student? I don't know if I, if I can remember that far back. Um, I remember in year 12, it was great because we had a microwave, so we got to bring in leftovers, pasta, all the good fun stuff. 
And you, of course, wiped up afterwards, didn't you, any of the spillage? Mostly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your first car? My first car? I never got around to purchasing my first car yet, but I kind of inherited the family's Volvo S40. It's yep. a very old thing. I drove around it, and I piled it up with my catalogues, which I did the newspaper rounds for a lot of time during the uni years. Yeah, so if I was to then say, what was your first job? You were a pamphlet delivery boy? That was my second job. Okay. The first one was down at the chicken shop, Amigos. Ah, there'd be a few people from Yarra who would be very familiar with uh, that, both as customers but also mm -hmm. as staff, I would imagine. Yeah, um, I remember Stuart, one of my best friends from year 12, who's still one of my best friends now, was, he worked there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and there was a couple others. I remember there was a couple other private school students as well, and the boss would give us so much flack for that. He's like, ah, look what these private school students, look how they clean up the dishes. Right. Because <laughs> you were not doing a very good job? Uh, it was greasy. Yes. It was greasy. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. <laughs> Tell me about dinner. If I was coming to your place and you were the chef, thank you for mm -hmm. the invite, by the way, no uh, what are you going to serve up? What's a specialty? What? What's, a, what's your go-to? Last night I actually had my Bible group over for dinner and I cooked them homemade pizza. Lovely. So I made the dough myself. Good. Rolled it out, we'll let it sit in the fridge for a few days and homemade pav as well. Nice. That's one of my favourites. Lasagna is another great favourite. Um, good old bangers and mash, the sausages and the mashed potato. That's a really go-to, really easy one. Yeah. So it depends what you ask, Paul. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, take me out of the equation then. You can have... Three guests from any time, any era, dead or alive, three people over to your place for dinner. Who are you going to invite? Wow. There are so many options, and I'm not sure if the ones I'm thinking of is anyone that anyone's heard about. <laughs> um, hmm. Let's limit it to at least, I guess, modern history. That might help. Yeah. I would go... I wouldn't mind dinner with the Mark Hamill, the guy who played Luke Skywalker. Yes. Uh, Harrison Ford. Uh -huh. uh, a bit of a theme happening a here. A bit of a theme happening. <laughs> and let's round off the Star Wars theme. Let's go old James Jones, the voice of Darth Vader. Uh-huh. And Mufasa in The Lion King. <laughs> same guy? Yeah. Oh, same is that guy. right? Ah. That's an interesting... I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a good connection. Very good. And, and that would be a fascinating little... I mean, the... <laughs> probably the memories that they talk about, you know. Mm. If, yes, I, I can imagine somebody like you being absolutely enthralled by probably just listening to them interact with each other. Definitely. <laughs> One day we're going to be able to uh, travel the world again and mm. I wonder if you've got a bucket list destination. Where, where do you hope to go? You know, I've actually done a couple of overseas trips with my family we're really blessed to be able to do that been to Singapore Sri Lanka and New Zealand mm. um, that was my favorite trip with Yara was when the music team took us over to New Zealand mm. so I've been there it would be nice to go back to New Zealand I've never been to the South Island yet but somewhere I wouldn't mind going anywhere Pacific-y so mm. maybe even like Hawaii um, anywhere in the South Pacific um, Fiji those kind of places mm. kind of tropic sky there's lots of places in Australia I'd also really love to go to mm. when that open up, opens up as well. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Is there a, a book that you 
<laughs> not one you've written yourself, but a book that you would recommend as, uh, let's say, required reading for young people today? What's a great mm. book recommendation? Other than the Bible, um, recommend highly. Um, Sure. My auntie's recently recommended to me The Barefoot Investor, but that might be a bit beyond. Yes, no, but, but a goodie all the same, very much. Uh, one of my favourite series when I was growing up was actually The Ranger's Apprentice. Okay. Um, I forget the guy's name, but I remember he wrote it for his kids. That was a hmm. that was one of my favourite series. Good, yeah. Um, and then for the little older kids, maybe not kids, but more the um, closer to younger adults. Yes. Tomorrow When the War Began was not uh-huh. one of my favourites. It's yeah, a good. bit of a really thick read, but it's yes. really detailed, good good Aussie stories. Yeah, good, good. Does does take commitment, but mm-hmm. it's worth the effort. Mm. Um, we mm. are in a, a technological age. What are a couple of the most used apps on your phone? Most used apps? Other than Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And currently the Service Victoria app where you contact us. Yes, true. Good point. Uh, the Fuel app. What I think it's called Petrol Spy. Uh-huh. You watch the fuel prices. So it can help you find if there's cheaper fuel around. Good. That one's really good. Yes. Um, Spotify is definitely one of the more used ones yes. on my phone. And I'm just trying to think of the others. Weather app. Yes, fair enough. That's mm. good. Do you have a favourite piece of clothing? Favourite piece of clothing? Um, I'd have to say my, one of my favourite pieces of clothing in my wardrobe is any of my really warm hoodies. Yeah, yeah. There's something comfortable about a hoodie, isn't there? Yeah. Definitely. Is there a, a favourite quote or an affirmation or a verse that has helped you? That Maybe you've got it written above your computer screen or on the back of the toilet door or it sits in a little card in your wallet or you, you know it off by heart. Is there a particular yeah. set of words that <clears throat> really resonate for you? Um, over the years, definitely Isaiah uh, 41, 29? I remember exactly, but it's in Isaiah um, verse where he writes, even the youth shall faint and grow weary, but those who wait on the, strength, on the Lord will will renew their strength and they shall rise on wings like eagles. Mm. It's definitely one that stuck with me over the years. Yeah, it's beautiful. Is there a piece of work from your time at school that you're particularly proud of that maybe you went back for a second and third draft and you got feedback and you submitted it again or a a maths test that, uh, that maybe you accomplished and you achieve better than you expected. Mm. A piece of work that jumps out at you. Actually, from year eight, <laughs> this little story I wrote, about, like this little civil war they were having on the moon. Wow. That one jumps out at me. Okay. Uh, did you get good feedback from it as well? Or is um, it just good for you? No, I think my year eight English teacher, she got married since, <laughs> um, I don't know what her new married name is, but yeah, she would have... Um, she said she really liked it. Yeah, giving you some really good crazy. feedback. That's yeah. good. That's good. I want to give you a, an opportunity for a 30-second brag. What's going mm-hmm. really well for you right now? Don't be humble. Just uh, <laughs> lay it on us. What's what's going great for you? Well, getting my general registration yeah, is awesome. something that's the main thing. Yeah. It's going really great for me. Um, also got new Xbox. 
that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, recent brags are I did get to the 80 kilogram bench press. Yes, good. So good that's effort. within my. I'd have to work back up to. You've got to get back up to uh, it. Absolutely, but something you know that you I've can done. Do yeah, that's good. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for now. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And as we begin to draw our conversation to mm -hmm. a close, if I offer the phrase to you, "lavavi oculus," what does that mean? And <clears throat> what does it actually mean? So, lavavi oculus. I remember that. Lift my eyes to the hills. Mm. Um, during the last year, I th particularly, and during over the last couple of years as well, I've had some really personally challenging times, some really, really tough ones. Mm. And, you know, 2020 as a whole, everyone's had a tough time. And there was some Bible verses I was reading and worship songs I was listening to about, you know, the mountains and the valleys. Mm. It's actually called Highlands by Hillsong. And when I think of mountains and valleys, often we think of being in a, like 2020, it's like a giant valley. And sometimes in those valleys, it can be really hard to see the sun. But if you lift my eyes to the hills, and this was actually a talk I gave to my Bible study group, um, you know, just because we see the sun, can't see the sun doesn't mean it's not coming. And it might be cold in the valley, but if we look to the hills, I remember my catalogue days, it'd be really dark, it's kind of spooky, like, oh, what was that noise over there? I really loved it when I looked up to the Dandenongs and I saw that sliver of light yeah. over the mountains. Yeah. The sun wasn't there yet, but it was coming. And, you know, if we look around in the valley, yeah, it can be really dark. But if we look, if we look up to the hills, we can see that sliver of light yes. of the new day dawning. Yes. And, and the promise of a new day mm. is the promise of new opportunity and hope mm. for what will be. And uh, I, I really appreciate that. And, and the personal experience of that, as you say, of, of by the sounds of an early morning, but mm -hmm. then there's the, the beginning of a new day is, uh, is powerful. If uh, you could share with us, uh, because this podcast is called the Inspired by mm -hmm. Yara podcast, whether there is something or someone about Yarra that you would say was an inspiration that really helped you, nurtured you, encouraged you, mm. became a, a bit of a, I was going to say drag you forward, but maybe propelled you forward or was aspirational mm. in some way, something or what inspired you during your time at Yarra? I think one of the biggest things that inspired me through and after Yarra was a lot of the discipline my teachers instilled in me in study habits. Mm. good study habits particularly like I mentioned uni there's so much freedom mm. it can be really easy to develop some really bad study habits and yeah I think I really credit my teachers at Yarra for teaching me the good study habits the good note keeping habits the good exam habits mm. that's something that really inspired me yeah that's great through a very very long journey of study many of your teachers would be very pleased to hear that <laughs> shout out to all of them Xander Lake from the class of 2013, my final question. It's a two-part question. Ooh. What question do you wish I had asked you? And then could you please answer that question? <laughs> um, 
would have been great to talk about life after Yarra with other Yarra Valians. Great. That's what I like to call us, Yarra Valians. Yes, yes. We we call them yogs, but (laughs) yes, Yarra Valians. Like I mentioned, my year level, we were really close with each other. Yes. Even a few years back when we didn't have, like, an official five-year reunion, there was a group on Facebook that got together a huge number of people for our own unofficial gathering. Great. And I think that really speaks to the community that we developed at Yarra. And for me, I've got a cool group of friends. Shout out to Luke, Stuart, Monique, who were at Yarra, and Cam, who was also here, who left to go do plumbing. Uh Um, But the other three, we went through year 12 together. Oh, yeah. Um, And we're still really good friends today. Mm. And the other groups, like Charlotte, Sean, um, Joe, Aaron, a lot of guys like that, really good friends with as well. Don't see them as often, but... You know, Sean and I, we used to catch up for the Star Wars movies every year. Mm. That was great fun. And um, we catch up at, like, parties, caught up at each other's 21sts. Yeah. And even though we're all old now, old and boring, <laughs> we don't have fun parties anymore. We still catch up. Great. The other day, we all went out to the Yarra Valley for, to a winery for someone's birthday. Beautiful. So I really think that speaks to the community spirit at Yarra. Yeah. That even though it's, you, know, you think it's almost been 10 years, we're still so close and such good friends. Yeah. And you're right, it does speak to the community that was developed mm. and but also the people in that community mm. of that year level, of your era, is is a I guess a it dips my lid to you and your colleagues for continuing to put in the effort to stay connected and to, to mm. stay in touch with each other and to, to go out and celebrate together and, and continue to enjoy those things that that you uh, finding in connection with one another that's terrific xander lake from the class of 2013 thank you thank you for your time thanks for your generosity of storytelling and the wisdom that you shared Mm -hmm. from your experience and expertise and professional pursuit and for some little tips and exercises that you talked us through thank you for reflecting on your time at yarra and the things that you've learned since then and how Mm -hmm. It seems to me that there are, as you just mentioned, there are certain habits and principles and disciplines that Yara instilled in you mm. that have still held you firm into today and beyond. Yeah. We can clearly see that you've been inspired by Yara, but <laughs> you are indeed an inspiration to Yara. You are doing a good work, a mighty work. Mm. And for that, we give you gratitude and many thanks. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Paul. God bless you and God bless Yarra Valley. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And like I mentioned, Xander is thoughtful, intellectual, well-considered, well-spoken, a wise young man who is going to continue to do a lot of good in this world. He brings his faith into practice, not in an overbearing, overwhelming way, but behind the scenes in his own personal daily practice. And I think that has a very positive influence in the way he shows up and the help that he offers. Thank you to Xander for sharing so freely and so thoughtfully your experience and some tips along the way. I hope you've enjoyed this encounter 
we've been inspired by your podcast. And if you have, we'd love you to share it. Share this episode or go back in and have a look at the growing library of episodes and share them with others. Show them how to log in to a podcast and help them to download and help them to subscribe and stay on board as we continue to unpack these stories as we share the stories and the adventure and the journey of so many of our great yogs. We hope you come back next time where, again, we'll sit down with another yog and see how they too have been inspired by Yarra. My name's Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone here at Yarra, including the small but committed team who put these episodes together, I want to say thank you to you. Thanks for joining us. And now I encourage you to head on out there with intentionality to make a positive difference in the world around you.